So like we said last time, just remember the um the whole union of the of the cheetah and the and the uh, gazelle. Yeah, all it takes is one other gazelle just to run past him and he just goes like that, one flick with his eyes and he loses his he loses his lunch. So so we should turn off all turn put, off uh, devices. Let's let's be here. Mama should be here for like oh, less than an hour, but let's yeah. be here. We've got nowhere else to go. There's nothing better to do. Literally, this is this is what we were created to do for the next hour. Bezvat Hashem. Um, that said, so this this project that I've called Tanya Inside Out is a big project. I've been waiting really for many years to do this, and um, the the heads up is like this. This is a serious opportunity for you guys. Yeah. In that, I said this to you before, there's the idea of inspiration, and then there's the idea of das. Okay, inspiration is compared to a vegetable, which you plant, you know, you plant the cucumber, pops out the ground, you eat it, and now you have to plant another cucumber, you have to plant another seed, and the same thing again. That's inspiration, meaning it just keeps, as quickly as it comes, it goes. It's it's not very choshev. Das, on the other hand, Das, on the other hand, when you know something, meaning it becomes you, yeah, that's like a tree, and that's going to be putting out fruits for the rest of your life. But it's much easier to be inspired than to know something, much easier. To get inspired is easy. If you've got the right guy, yeah, you'll get inspired. But getting to know something, only you can do that. Stand by the right man and everyone will get inspired. But you, only you, only you are able to, to get something to the level of knowledge, to get something to the place where you have das, where it becomes it becomes a, like a fiber, like part of the weave of your, part of the thread of your, of your soul. Okay? Only you've got that opportunity. How do we do that? by getting these ideas so clear that you could get woken up in the middle of the night and you'd be able to just speak it out. That you could see it in another book from a goy, you know, in with language that's opposite of the language that you've that you've been learning it and say, oh, that's, this is the Indian. Wow. And seeing from yeah, this end to that, that, that's, that's, it's a, it's a very deep Indian, yeah? So, so you, right now you've got this opportunity. I'm going to be, I don't know if in the next 50 minutes, whatever, that you're going to hear so much information as you've heard before. And there's going to be so many big things and there's no way that you can take it back with you. No way. Yeah. You might, if you, you know, you might catch a few crumbs to walk away with. Yeah. You might enjoy it, but, but, but you've got the opportunity now that I've created the, I spent a lot of time in making a lot of notes and it's going to be online. Um, and there's going to be, I think on Thursday, we're doing it. Yo, yeah, Thursday. We're going to the, do the, the parent Is it Wednesday, the class? Yeah. Wednesday, that's a Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. I think it's a Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. That's a shorter class. That's the inside Yeah, it's going class. to be quick. Yeah, that's going to be like maybe, you know, 20 minutes maybe. But, but basically, okay. if you make this... Uh, 
Yeah, you, you can do what you want. I'm just giving you a heads up from the beginning that if you make this a uh, a project of yours, yeah, you can jump. You know, you can you can you can accomplish what's taken me, you know, two decades in a, in a much much shorter amount of time. So I just wanted to give you a heads up there. Um, is there anything else? Is there a heads up. The midget standing on a giant shoulders. It's easy for us to see now. Thank you. The what? We're the midgets standing on the giant soldiers. Thank you for growing tall. <laughs> okay, so let's begin. So um, the Tanya breaks down. It's 53 chapters, and it's broken down. It's very stru it's structured in a very, um, a very, like, uh, uh, what's the word? Very seicheldic way. It makes a lot of sense the way it's structured, to say the least. So I'm not going to go through the entire structure now, whatever, but... The in these sheets that I've made, uh, the top of it just gives you the first, like the the structural overview. So I've grouped the first three classes, create one chalik, and we're basically discussing what is a Jew. Okay, the first chapter is going to discuss what we're going to do now is um, the human element of the Jew. Then the second chapter discusses the Jewish element of the Jew. And then the third chapter starts breaking down the mechanics of, of how the Jew, the mechanics of the, of the soul. OK, so um, chapter one begins. The class is called The Human Soul and Being Human. OK, so chapter one begins um, with the Rebbe telling us that there was a neder that we made, a shavua, before we came down to this world. It says um, that you... Promise to be a you promise to be a tzaddik and not to be a Russia. And if everybody in the world tells you that you're a tzaddik, you should see yourself in your own eyes as a Russia. Now the Rebbe goes and asks a question on this, which is very important to realize that the question that the Rebbe asks on this is setting, he, he basically gives you the foundation of all of our Voidus Hashem. The question is, if you see yourself as a Russia, then you're not going to be able to serve Hashem Basimcha with a Tuvlevav. From that, we understand that the foundation of all of Voidus Hashem is Simcha. So the question becomes, well, what Simcha? So Simcha is called technically the heart is open basically what simcha means is that there is a emotional flow going through you okay a person who's very basimcha will also mourn much more deeply simcha has got two opposites the opposite of simcha as we know is is atzvus, yeah is depression but also the opposite of simcha is avelus, mourning. What's the opposite of avelus? The opposite of avelus is simcha, but also the opposite of avelus is also atzvus. We're going to see that in a minute. The point is simcha means that the heart is open and there's a free, a free flow, a free flow of the emotions, and that is the prerequisite for all of for all of our Voidus Hashem. 
Okay, the Rebbe, the Rebbe sets the scene very quickly for explaining that. Now, the Rebbe jumps in to telling us that there's five Madragas. Yeah, really, we could break it down. We could say that there's two Madragas. There's what's called a Tzaddik and there's what's called a Russia. Now, that breaks down. The Tzaddik breaks down into two parts. The Tzaddik Vatovlo, the Tzaddik Viralo, the Tzaddik who has good, that Tzaddik who has bad. And the Russia Vatovlo, the Russia Viralo, the, the Russia who has good, the Russia who has bad. And then he explains there's another, or he brings from the Gomorrah, there's a fifth category of Jew called a Benoidi. Okay? So what the Rebbe goes about doing, which is very important right now, is he tries to dismantle any preconceived ideas that you have at this point. Yeah, well, you know, we, we would all answer the question, what's a tzaddik? Everyone's got an answer to what's a tzaddik, what's a Russia, probably even what's a Benoni. The Rebbe, first thing he wants to do is to try and get you to this place of humility by explaining to you that you really don't know what's going on. That's a very, very healthy place to be at, a very healthy place to be at where you are open to hearing uh, something new. Usually what happens when we listen to something is we try and fit it in all the, 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 the chances are we're probably not listening anyway. But on the off chance that we do actually listen, yeah, then we're usually trying to fit what we're learning into how we understand reality as it, as it is already. The, the ability to actually allow a piece of information to break down what you already know and to rebuild is a uh, is a very holy that's a very holy meter it's called a nevus and it's uh and it also takes a lot of courage as well it takes a lot of courage to let go of things that we preconceived ideas and the rebbe starts by saying basically we have no idea so he, he explains like this firstly he brings the the um story of rubber okay rubber was he was the rosh Hashiva of pompadisa in bavel um what, 1700 years ago, something like that. Um, and when he was teaching a class explaining the different Madragas, he said he gave himself as an example as a Benoni. So immediately from that, the Alter Rebbe says, well, it just can't, that can't mean then a Benoni. I mean, the simple thing is we think like a Russia is somebody who does a favors, a Tzaddik is somebody who does mitzvahs. And a Benoni is like 50-50, half of Avera's, half mitzvahs, yeah? So immediately the Alter Rebbe says that can't be the case because Rubber can't, couldn't have mistaken himself as a Benoni because he was only doing mitzvahs, he was a big tzaddik. So he doesn't let go of the fact that he was a tzaddik, but he brings out a very important point here. The definition of a, of a nevus is you can't lie. You can't say I'm no good. If you're, if you're you know, if you're a... Uh, a concert pianist and somebody asks that they need a pianist to play for something you can't say i i don't know how to play the piano yeah you can take the less uh the less complimentary uh option but but you can't lie and really the whole safe is pred the whole of tan is predicated on that because the rebbe says well rubber obviously wasn't lying he wasn't a uh he wasn't 50 50 there's no way that he could think of himself as 50 50 so he made a genuine mistake by thinking that he was a Benoni. So immediately the Rebbe is explaining that the Benoni doesn't even have any Averas, no sins. And that's not just in action, that's in all behavior, which means thought, speech, and action. 
Okay, so the first thing that the Rebbe tells us is you think that a Benoni is 50-50? Yeah, no, it's not the case. Mm. Then the next thing, oh, sorry, just turn my phone off. Then the next thing the Rebbe says, um, the next thing then is he brings a pasuk from Eov, where Eov turns around to Hashem and he says, He turns around to Hashem and said, You created Sadiqim and you created Rishayim. Now that that's problematic because isn't it you who decides whether you're going to be a tzaddik or a rasha? So now the Rebbe is bringing in this, there's this kind of like, um, there's this element of determinism. It's, there's something being set by Hashem. The concept of tzaddik and rasha is not so clear cut right now because Hashem's got something to do with it. But we thought that a soul's a soul and you choose to do a various, you choose to do mitzvahs and then you become a tzaddik, you become a rasha. But there's something more godly about it. Something more in Hashem's hands. That's the, the second point. And then the third point, which is really a very deep point, is like, what's a, what's like a, a middle act? What, what, what is a Benoini? If, you, if the guy's doing a mitzvah, yeah, he's a tzaddik. If the guy's doing an Avera, he's a Russia. What's, when is it that you're a Benoini? And then he brings the fact that even if you have the like a like a slight like a rabbonin mitzvah of doing uh, of giving to hocha of rebuking someone and you don't do it, then the guy's called a rasha. And if you if you're not learning Torah when you've got free time, if a person's not learning Torah and he's got free time, that's also considered a rasha. So the the rebbe is like, well, is there such a thing as a like a a morally ambivalent act? Is there, is there such a thing as like an act that's power of? Do you do anything that's power of? Like think of it in context with your wives. You're, you're always either building the relationship or the opposite. There is no, there is no power of, there is no power of acts in a marriage. Nothing, nothing just disappears it, it makes things make bigger impacts things makes lesser impact but but it it's always you could always point to that action and say i i just caused my relationship my wife to to expand to to to, to become deeper and, and more beautiful or i just did the opposite i wasn't courteous i just said to her what's the time as opposed to do you have the time please or something like that Either way, the question is, is there such a thing as an act that's like in the middle? And the Rebbe says, no, there isn't. There isn't. So we have these three things that break down. Number one, a Benoni can't be someone with 50% of Averas, 50% Mitzvahs, because Rabbi said that he was a Benoni, and that can't be 50% of Averas, 50% Mitzvahs. Number two, Hashem has something to do with this Russia Tzaddik thing. So that's also making us a little more confused. And then number three, is there such a thing, Bichlal, as a morally ambivalent act? Yeah. So um, the Rebbe basically pushes us into this kind of deeper appreciation of these terms. And what we're going to get to, Bezrat Hashem, is to understand that these terms are descriptions of the possible, the different possible 
internal Jewish experiences. These are not people. It's really important to know that. When we're talking about the Tzadik, the Benoni in Russia, and the Tanya, we're not talking about people. We're talking about inner experiences that are available to every Jew. You can have the experience of a Tzadik Gamor, you can have the spirit of a Tzadik Vatovloi, the experience of a Tzadik Varaloi, the experience of a Benoni, the experience of a Russia Vatovloi, etc. They're all available to, and we can cycle through them on a daily sometimes hourly basis it's much much so was, Rav, hmm? was he feeling at that moment that he was a Benini? that's a good question but well it could be but we'll get to that later that, that he he explains that in the 13th chapter but but but, okay. but yeah there, there's there's it, whatever yeah okay so so what we're going to basically be doing is it is it now for the for the next oh, yeah. um, how many chapters for the next like um 17 even 26 chapters you could say we're going to be trying to get to grips with exactly what what is this where is it in you how do you feel it what does it mean to be a benoini what, what's that inner experience about that you never do an avera yeah benoini never does an avera but where you have a split internally you have there's this dichotomy this selfish drive where you really believe that you're something and that you have your own independent agenda. And at the same time, you're utterly aware of the Rebbeinah Shloylem. And then this, there's this, this pool there, but you never do an Avera because his presence is so real to you. When does that happen? And it does. And there's other times when you don't even have a desire to do something wrong. It's like if somebody was to come and hand you a, you know, if you have a very elevated davening and then somebody, you know, just puts a big pizza pie in front of your face, you'll be like, please leave me alone. Just at least give me, give me, a, give me five minutes to just come down a minute, you know? So that's what we're going to do. So now we're going to move gears. The, the Rebbe introduces the Nefesh of Bahamas. Yeah. A Jew is a Jew Go on, throw out, without getting into a whole thing. Definition of a Jew. What's the definition of a Jew? It's a, we're Hashem soldiers. We're Hashem, we're Hashem soldiers technically, out here. Technically, not what we're here to do. What's the is, technical definition of a Jew? I'm assuming. His mother's Jewish. Everything is that's a how it, That's how it happens. You know the definition of a Jew is? Definition of a Jew is a human being with an ashama. An ashama's Jewish? No, ashamas and ashamas. A Jew a Jew is only a Jew can only be in this world. Once the body dies, the neshama goes up. Neshamas and neshamas. So the Jew is a human being with an ashama. So guy has no neshama. The guy does the guy not have has a no he does not have a nefesh. He does not have a godly soul. He has a human soul. He's a human being. He's human. That's a tremendous level. He's a human being. But we are human. And we have a shaman. So we need to work out what this human part of this is. This is what the Rebbe is going to get into now. What's this human part of us? What does it mean to be human? So the 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 soul that he introduces us to is what we call the nefesh of bahamas the truth is in this chapter he doesn't actually call it the nefesh of bahamas he doesn't even really call it anything he just calls it nefesh 
it's a uh, the way we translate nefesh is soul yeah that's not really particularly helpful um to look at it as an energy or a drive is is probably more helpful than calling it a soul but it's complex it's a complex being and it's it has uh it's able to experience pleasure it has ruts on will it has an intellect it has emotions and it has behavior it behaves it thinks speaks and does okay it's a an entire personality it's a it's a being well, I, I think personality is a good a good word to use for it it's an entire personality okay now um it lives in the blood this human soul that animates us it actually allows us to to move and etc but more than that it it's it's what it's uh it's what drives us it's not just the actual physical ability to move but it's the kind of conceptual ability to move the rots on to move as well okay it lives in the blood just like you know if you crack open a battery yeah you know there's like all that like juice that you want to uh that you don't want to like drink you know what i'm talking about yeah so just like the energy it's really it's a really good muscle that just like the uh the the electricity is contained within the battery acid yeah so to speak the hover so too the energy of the of this soul is actually contained within the blood so to call it spiritual is not incorrect um but to call it physical is also not incorrect it's it, they call it the most refined, they call it the duck, the gus shabba duck and the duck shabba gus. The most refined of the spiritual and the most of spiritual of the find. It's it's basically spiritual, but it isn't. It's basically physical, but it isn't. It's the the go-between between physicality and spirituality. But the most important thing to remember is that it is created. It's mortal, which means it will eventually die. And not be and that is what causes it to do everything that it does is predicated on this call it fear of death everything that we do as human beings is predicated on a fear of death on a deeper level of fear of not being that's causing everything our desire for pleasure, which is what it really translates as on the most profound and like the most fundamental level, our desire for pleasure is really a desire for life. Because Descartes said it, the truth is, I don't think he actually said it like this. He said it in French. I'm not sure the translation. I think, therefore, I am. Yeah, you've heard that before. Cogito ergo sum. What's that? I think, therefore, I am. He said it in French, though, no? If that's French, it means cogito ergo sum means I think, therefore, I am. Okay. So um, the way I understand it is it would be much more accurate to say I experience pleasure, therefore, I am. While we are experiencing pleasure you know absolutely that you exist. Now, that is what this Nefesh of Bahamas is constantly looking for. It's, it's the survival, it's the survival instinct in us that just wants to 
survive but when once survival is taken care of like we spoke about the other time is its desire is to solidify its existence to be more okay to stick out to be special to acquire to be more to be more defined more solid okay so that's the um that's what's that's what's forcing that's what's um that's what's driving our human side is to be more why because we're scared of dying that's to put it in a nutshell okay this this existential profound fear of not being is causing our desire to survive and once our basic survival is taken care of that translates as a need for more bigger better enhancement embellishment etc etc to buy things to solidify ourselves etc now this soul comes from klepa which is basically what we spoke about a couple of weeks ago but the klepa as we said is the is the um um is the mechanism that the Rabbi Sholem uses to give us free will, to create the illusion, and it is an illusion, that there is something else other than him. What's the only other thing that we think there is other than him? Ourselves. Us. That's it. That's it. So this soul takes itself very very seriously he really uh, believes in, he, he really believes in himself he really does now we're gonna I, I, I we're gonna not use the word ego okay just from now on you should know this is like a thing i don't like the word ego we'll use the word yesh habahami okay but if you want to translate in your in your head you can translate that as the ego but Yesha Bahami is this sense of selfhood, this sense of independence that I have, which is the which is the cause of all of Vera. Because if I didn't think that I was an independent being, Vicious. and I was just an extension of God, then how could I do something against his will? Couldn't be. So 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 this this soul is from Klepa, which means in short that it has its own separate sense of identity. It has its own identity in itself and it believes that it's an actual, it believes it's an independent being, okay? And what it's doing to solidify its, its beingness, if that's everything that it is, there's four things that it's basically looking to do to solidify itself. Okay, the first one, we're not going to get into this, but we could talk about this for hours, is identification. It likes to identify with stuff. Because when we identify with something, that's that's basically the merging. We'll talk about this in detail. This is a very big point. But the idea of when you identify with X is it means your sense of self merges with whatever that X is. It could be anything from a, from a religion to a football club to a cut your to your car to a backache to an abusive childhood it could it literally could be anything and that identification gives the the nefesh bahamis 
a stronger sense of self. Okay, so it's constantly looking to identify, uh, to dominate. Obviously, that gives you a, a stronger sense of self to dominate over others. Um, to recognition, which drives all of social media, yeah, and comparison, and, and that's again domination. But recognition, how many likes did I get? How many clicks and views, etc., did I get? Absolutely, yeah, that's exactly again the nefesh of Bahamas. I mean, you see it in every. I mean, especially in LA, you'll see it. I mean, you see it everywhere basically. In LA, it's I think it's in there. Maybe actually it's regressing now in LA. It's like it's just gone on hyper. They're like 50 years ahead of it. Anyway. Um, you know, there's, yeah. Eventually it will there's, destroy itself. It will actually undo itself. So I'd imagine LA will become the first place, you know, the first enlightened city because that's basically how it goes. Anyway. Um, and then number four, which we mentioned before, is pleasure. The more pleasure that it can experience, the more it feels that it exists. And that's driving all of our pleasures, that feeling of existing. Now, the Rebbe explains that the things of this world are made out of four elements. Fire, air, water, and earth. He says it in, the, that, in, the, in a different order, fire, water, air and earth and he explains that from these four elements um the negative character traits of this nefesh manifest so again this we could talk about for much hours um from fire comes arrogance and anger now Obviously, we know that not everything in this world is made of fire, water, earth, and air. Um, but there's two ways of understanding it. There's the four states, which is um, which is solid, liquid, gas, and then there's plasma, which is uh, like an ionized gas, which is basically fire. So, but then there's also a, a more kind of mystical way of looking at these four elements: fire. There are four different kinds of movement. Fire goes up, water goes down, air is opinionless, it just goes in any which direction, and earth resists movement. So that's that's my that's my favorite way of understanding how this works. That's a much more mystical way of seeing it. But basically, this soul is composed of these four qualities. Um in a in a selfish way the neshama is actually composed with outlet the outer levels of the neshama is composed of these four elements in a on a holy level but we're not going to talk about that now so from these four elements come these these different they're really pleasures to be to be honest cause them midas so from fire comes arrogance and anger from water comes all the um the pleasures of this world which would be food and 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 relations etc um uh from air comes um talking stuart divine battalion late soyness like joking around the boasting um lightheadedness just just you know nothingness and from yeah. from earth comes depression or he says comes laziness and depression 
Okay, so like I said, we could talk about all of this for, for a long time, but just to try and put it in a nutshell, they're all pleasures. See, there's even a pleasure in depression. We don't, we don't, we think there's a pleasure in anger. Obviously, there's the, the obvious pleasures with sex and food and stuff, but all of these things are actually pleasures, they're not emotions. Just to put it in perspective, what, what, is it, what does it mean, utsus? What, what is depression? Anyone wants to throw out a definition of depression? I'll throw it out, but just because I've learned a little bit of... Um, depression is a state where somebody's totally, totally self-absorbed in their own and worried about... And not worried, I mean, it's just a total self-absorption of self and pressing the reality yeah which makes it makes your world more real yeah and that's uh, yeah and that's a pleasure now even well, you think that everything's in your control also which gives more credence to your life which is total sucker to push you a little bit you can turn it into honest so listen this is so i mean the thing is that all all of these all of these things are a are an indulgence in self everything if it's not if it's not toe and mitzvahs it's an indulgence in self. It says in the Pasha this week, actually, in the, in the Or Chaimakodesh, she said, by Bihar, why is it that the, the Torah got, what, what's the connection between Shemitah and the Torah? And he said, because Shemitah is a mitzvah for the land. The land was a gift that Hashem gave us. And the Or Chaim quotes the Rambam and says that you're not allowed to give a gift to, to an over-devoid Zara. So Hashem had to give us the Torah so that he could give us the gift of the land. Meaning, before you get the Torah, you cannot not be over the Vodazara. Why? Because only with the Torah are you able to do something not for yourself. You're being commanded by God. Without the Torah, everything by definition is going to be no matter how nice it looks, it's going to be rooted in selfishness. So that's called a very desire. Anyway, that's a side point. But the 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 what you were saying is correct, but it really goes for all of the different pleasures. The definition that we're going to be working with for Artsvers is it's not an emotion, it's a lack of emotion. It's an emptiness, it's a it's a non-emotion. And, and why is it linked with laziness? Atzvus and Atzlus are linked together, laziness and, and depression, because it's actually, I'm not talking about a clinical depression, yeah, but, but a, a regular depression, like not a like a, a physiological depression, but a, a regular depression is actually an, a laziness to experience an emotion. It's an emptiness of an emotion. <clears throat> the guy's dead. What is it? What is a physiological depression? What would that? What category would that fall under? Well, I, I, that that would be like you know having uh, you know having like a fever or something. It's not. It's uh, that's uh, that's like a chemical in the body that does that does something to the does something to the brain. I'm not I'm not sure how that works, but the, the the I mean the truth is anyway that we produce the chemicals that do this stuff, but sometimes they just get produced, or it could be to do with what you eat. A, a massive part of your emotional world, like a huge part of your emotional world is dependent on the food you eat. 
like it's a joke like people battling with all these like crazy you know crazy character flaws and if they just like worked out the right foods to eat and the wrong food and the wrong foods to avoid it would like fix stuff in that in a second it's a joke then, how, and, do they, how do you figure that out what how do you I'm figure that out you have I'm to read, read the right books Anyway, that's not the that's not the class now, but it's, there's definitely the right books to read. There's a book called Limitless that you can read. A good book by a guy called um, Jim Jim Quick. Limitless. Anyway, um, so depression is 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 actually a pleasure, which is a which is a kind of laziness to experience any kind of emotion. So a guy who's a guy who's depressed. Not only is he not able to celebrate, listen to this, he's not able to mourn. He's depressed. He can't even mourn. Mourning, the, the heart is alive. Just it hurts. It's from the left side. Simcha, the heart's alive. It feels good. It's from the right side. But either case, the heart's alive. Depression, the heart's dead. There can't be a vote of Hashem with depression. There can't be. The Rebbe is going to give us a lot of eights later on how to get out of that. Okay, moving forward. We have to just quickly now for this final part of the, of the shear, which I think you guys are really going to appreciate, where we're going to understand the difference between a non-Jew and um, a, a Jew and a non-Jew. Um, we, we have to define two terms. And the terms are good and evil definitions without blabbering on for ages anybody has a definition of and Ra what is positive influence on the world any action that is taken that creates a positive Rookness. spark into the world and evil is something that takes away from the world right. something that HaKadosh Baruch gave us a Torah we know what's good from bad and it's not just a Torah for laws it's a way of life you want to you want to be successful in life do type you want to be unsuccessful? Do ra. Excellent. And what's the what's the showesh of that? What's the root of what you just said? Where does that come? Humility. From? Humility towards Hashem would be toiv, and then self arrogance, like I am, I I I feel pleasure, therefore I am, would be who's, evil. Who's like speaking? Everything. I don't see you speaking. That's really. Oh hi. It's what Yitzi said. Okay. Last... What? Yitzi said last week that you have to basically say to Hashem, "Is it me or is it you?" That's it's the it. same concept. That's it. Toiv and Ra, we are going to translate as selfish and selfless. Now I could yeah. I could give a whole big show on this. The truth is I've I've linked in the in the we'll send out these papers that I've made and I've what I've done is I've linked essays that I've written in the past that will really help you get the like I'm not going to go into it now. It's a whole show in itself, but 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 take it take it for granted right now that Toiv means selfless and ra means selfish okay and you'll see that you'll 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 read if you if you have the time you'll look at this essay that i've get written and i'll explain it much more clearly but that's the definition we're going to be working with right now okay toiv means selfless the ability to recognize the reality of another that you are an actual you're a manda ama. You're not a detail in my reality. 
you're a real thing. You're a real being. You're real. That's tithe. Ra is I'm real. You, you fit into my, if you fit in nicely into my reality, then I'll welcome you in. But if not, then I'll push you away. I'll destroy you. I'm not, that's Ra. Now let's, now let's discuss because what we mentioned before is that the, the Jewish animal soul comes from the Kleeper, yeah? The Kleeper covers up a Shem, which gives us free will, yeah? But there's different levels of cover-up. So, for example, you've got a, a, a transparent window, yeah? That doesn't cover up anything. That's called Kadosh. When you look at an object, like a Sefer Torah, and you immediately think of the Abonah Shloilam, yeah, that's called Kadosh. But now when it comes to concealment, we've got what's called translucent and opaque. Translucent is like frosty, frosted glass, you know, like milky glass, you know what I'm talking about, like in the bathroom, yeah? And um, opaque is like a brick wall, like a, like a fence, like a wooden fence. No light passes through. So there's what's called Klippas Noiga and the Gimel Klippas Timaeus. Yeah, we'll just call it Klippas Timaeus. The fact that it's called the three impure Klippas, the Tanya never discusses that at all, why it's three. The Klippas Noiga, it's a Klippa, but it's a translucent Klippa. means it covers over, but it allows, allows some recognition of what it's covering meaning there's an element of toiv, there's an element of selflessness within the actual clipper. So the transparent glass, that's cool. Mm -hmm. When you look at, when you look out of a clean window, uh, you know, at the, the vista, whatever you're looking over, yeah? How, how aware of the glass are you? You're looking out through a clear glass. You're not you're not paying attention to the glass. Exactly. And there's a bird that the into the glass. What? Glass is irrelevant. It's like a bird that flies into the into the glass. That's what we said. The the glass is toiv, mamash toiv, the tachlis toiv, selfless, doesn't draw any attention to itself whatsoever. But now look at the milk. Look at the frosted glass in your bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. How much self is there? It keeps a lot in, and it keeps a lot. That, a the lot glass says, the glass, like conceptually says, look at me, but yeah. you should know there's stuff going on behind me as well. But I'm a, I'm also a Manda Amma. He's not, he's not selfless. The brick wall says all there is is me. That's it. That's opaque. That's completely impure. Now the Jewish nefesh of Bahamas comes from the clipper that we called noiga which means it has an element of selflessness mixed in with it which means the jew is able naturally naturally to appreciate the reality of another that is innate and natural to don't get me wrong a jew can train himself to let go of that but that's why that that's why we see Jews generally are 
Rachmanim Gomle Hasadim and Baishanim. Yeah, they do Chesed, they have Rachmanas, and they are embarrassed. Those are three traits of somebody who appreciates the reality of another. I do Chesed because I appreciate that you're a Manda Amma. I have mercy because I appreciate you're a Manda Amma. I'm embarrassed because I appreciate that you're a Manda Amma. Yeah? So the Jewish Nefesh of Bahamas, the, the human part of the Jew comes from that level, which means innately he has the, um, the ability to appreciate the, the reality of another. The Nefesh of Bahamas of, uh, of non-Jews and by the way, this isn't uh, this isn't a blanket thing. My Rebbe said that in just generation, there's lots of non-Jews who have a nefesh of Bahamas that is similar to the Jewish nefesh of Bahamas, which also has mixed in. But the way the Tanya explains it, and this is in the first chapter because he really wants this to be very clear, is the nefesh of Bahamas of the non-Jew comes from the complete Klipa, which doesn't have any selfless, any good mixed in with it. It's completely opaque. What does that mean, Lemaisa? It means that the, the non-Jewish Nefesh of Bahamis has no innate natural ability to appreciate the reality of another. But notice the words, it's very important, no innate natural ability to appreciate the reality of another. But it can, and it is chayiv, to train itself to appreciate the reality of another. And here we see, this is the difference between the work of a Jew and a non-Jew in this world. This is so important and so unknown and so profound. The Jew, the, the non-Jew, his human soul naturally is unable to appreciate the reality of another human being, of another of another being, Bichlal. But using his intellect, he can come to appreciate that the right thing, the good thing, is to be selfless. Why? That's what they call the golden rule. What's the golden rule? Don't do to another as you don't want done to yourself. That's what Hillel said. Remember, Hillel said that to the Goy who was trying to convert, yeah? He asked Hillel, what's, uh, give me the whole Torah standing on one leg. And what did Hillel say? He said, On you, this is so profound, what the first words is you. What's what's hateful to yourself, don't do to another person. To which a non-Jew will say, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. What came first? You. What's hate? Why didn't why didn't Hillel say love your neighbor as yourself? Because he would say, Why? What's that about? So Hillel phrased it 
reference yourself. That's your reality. That's who you are. And now from that, use your mind to extrapolate that this other person also exists. That's the purpose of the non-Jew. That's, that's his inner work. The inner work of the non-Jew is to train himself to achieve a genuine level of selflessness. But it's not natural to him. So using his God-given intellect, he can extrapolate from his reality to say, well, if I'm real, then you're also real. And I will act accordingly. That's the avoid of the non-Jew. So what's the avoid of the Jew? That can't be the avoid of the Jew. Why can't that be the avoid of the Jew? It's innate with us. Exactly. That's who we are. So what's the avoid of the non of the Jew? That's that's a given that we can appreciate the other. The avoid of the Jew is to appreciate Hashem. How do you know that you appreciate another? What's the, what's the litmus test? How would you, you know, how you, you react to people, how you react in situations. I mean, what? Act for them. You know. Well, go on. Can you explain what that, I mean, that act would, it depends what situation, but can you, can you give yeah, me. The, the... Uh, explain the situation is. Um, if I wouldn't want to be ripped off myself in business and I'm about to go into a deal with someone, I would make sure not to rip them off. Okay. But how because do I, I wouldn't know? Do unto others that I wouldn't want done unto me. Fine. But how do I know that you appreciate his reality more than your reality? Could that be such a thing where you actually appreciate him, his reality? He becomes more hosh of you than you. Or let's say your wife. This is a really good one. Yeah, this is how it should be. That she is more real to you than you are to yourself. It's, how would it's you the know? Action. It's the limit test is the actions that you do towards the significant deep, other. Deep, if you're man, only, deeper, deeper. If you if 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 I'm only doing something that makes me happy when I'm with her, then that's not truly recognizing who she is in her own reality. If I fulfill in her will and her desire what she wants, then I'm pushing away my reality and accepting her dollar dollar. Absolutely perfect. Her ratson before your ratson. Right. That is the appreciation. That is the that when you really believe that someone exists, their ratson becomes more hosh of you than your own ratson. You with me? So by the non-Jew, his goal is to make your Ratzon more choshev to him than his own Ratzon. That's a lifetime of work. That's a good, that's a, that's a reason to come to this world. But by the Jew, that isn't the case because that's how we were formed. So our avoider, and this isn't natural to our Nefesh Bahamis, is to train our Nefesh Bahamas to put his Ratzon, Yisbarach, before our Ratzon. That's not innate to our Nefesh Bahamas. That's the Questions? difference between the work of a non-Jew in this world and a Jew in this world. We both have work to do, and they're different kinds of work. Okay, so obviously I don't understand enough yet. That's why I'm asking. 
But uh, it would seem that what you just described to me, exper experiential, I experienced the opposite. Um, what you described that the, the Goisha soul is struggling with in life, I find I myself struggle with that in life. It's, it doesn't come so innate to me, this obvious is stroll. It's it's great, it's gabaldic, but that's something that uh, it's an avoid that I work on myself. That's Aleph. B, phase, this whole avoda with the Goy sounds, let's just use a little bit of terms, it sounds like, their whole void is machshava ala lev. Like they have a lev, they have a heart, they have desire, they have a will. Now they have to use their machshava to harness the way they feel to create a space for another. Um, that seems exactly what what we're doing. It doesn't seem so far off. I, I, I'm not seeing such a big differences here. So the, to answer the first question, this is what's called a tevashani, a second nature. And in living in the societies that we live in and being exposed to the to the influences that we're exposed to that are telling you it's all about you, yeah, that that becomes difficult. Go back to your Babas and your Zadis and your Alta Babas and Alta Zadis, and you'll see it wasn't like that by then. Okay? Right. Okay, so, so we took on an extra skin layer that we need to break away. And it will come away very quickly as well. I'm, right. I'm, okay. But that it will be possible to peel away. But the difference between the avoider of the Jew and the non-Jew is is infinitely different. The 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 Jew the, the non-Jew is training his nefesh of Bahamas to appreciate the reality of another human being. Now, if I can't appreciate you that you're a manda'ama, that you're a matthias, how am, I, how am I going to appreciate that God's, how can I appreciate God? I can't see him or touch him or hear him or smell him or anything. So if I don't believe in you, it's like, how, yeah. how will I, it's a kawa How If I can't believe in you, then how can I believe in him? And, 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 and a lot of people, that, that's the case. But when somebody doesn't believe in another human being, that's why... Comes before. It's just that's how it goes. If you can't appreciate that the other guy is a Matthias, is a, is real, how are you how are you gonna believe that Hashem's real? That doesn't make any sense at all. So the non-Jews avoider is to appreciate that you're real, that the human beings are real, and that will lead to a a, 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 a world of, of peace and and of, of goodness. And of but just a geschmacker world. That's why they're called the Umosa Oilam. They're here to fix the world. But we're an Am Kadosh. Our Voida is not is not putting the other person ahead of us because that's what we do that already. Well, we should be doing that already. The, the truth is, in this door, like you said, we've got to work on that quite hard as well. But our Voida is to bring ourselves to a perception of the Reboina Shloilam where the Rabbeinah becomes more real to us than we are to ourselves. Uh, you with me? Yeah, one last question I have, um, just to understand a little bit better. You said that the definition of, of Nefesh Bahamas, or the Nefesh, um, is that, first of all, you, the word you used was, it's created, and because it's created, it's a ticking uh, death uh, time, and because we're coming closer to our death, we're trying to validate as much as life as we can in every single movement of life. Um, does that not exist for the Nefesh Alekis, which we didn't even talk about today, but isn't that also a curation? Not, not, no, not essentially. 
It's not, it's of creator, not of creation. It has elements of creation, a lot of elements of creation, but its its essence is of creator, not of creation. And therefore, its desire is the exact opposite. Its desire is actually to merge and disappear into God. Whereas the desire of the Nefesh of Bahamas is the exact opposite. To be as solid and as defined and delineated as possible. Beautiful. Thank you. No more questions, Your Honor. That's chapter one. Wow. Wow. I'll tell you, Hever, if you, like we said, I'm, I'm going to go with you. We're going to learn through it inside. And it'll probably take like maybe 25 minutes, I think. We'll do that. He'll send you, will tell you when we're doing that. Um, but otherwise, like I said, if you want to, like now that it's fresh, if you want to take this as your project for the week, and um, and then I'm going to send you a link to the sheets that I made. And if you want to read the extra essays that I included in it and stuff, as you get these ideas down, like I just said in the beginning, yeah, inspiration comes and goes. It's 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 for children. Inspiration. When we get these ideas, mamash clear, and they become fab, they become part of our soul. It, it's like it's like sitting in front of a tzaddik 24-7. That's what it's like. Because you know that within these ideas, the way it works is that within, within the letters, the letters are used to create words, yeah? The words hold meaning. The meaning holds the one who meant it. So when I say to you, I love you, yeah, contained within those words is the concept of my love for you. But contained within the concept of my love for you is me. And that's how it works with Torah. We just spoke a lot of words and we gave over a lot of concepts. If you get the words clear, then you know the concepts. But if you get the concepts clear, then you know the Rebbeinu and that's what we're here to do. That's it. Nothing else. Everything uh, else is uh, uh, everything else is um just whatever. Selfishness. Yeah. Okay. Any more questions? No. Pretty clear. Any questions, Yitzi? I mean, Yitzi probably has forty-five questions, but top ten. Top ten. That's home run. Home run. Thank you, Rabbi. Excellent. Looking forward to Wednesday. My pleasure. Okay. Zaykazun. Happy love. Okay. Take care. And, and uh, Reb Shmuel, the, the, you're going to send me a link. I, I sent it. Oh, you'll send me the thing for Spotify. I also sent out a Google Drive to all the Hever where I post everything. But do you think the, you're going to, the website, we should just. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm, I'm like working on it. I'm getting it together. But to share okay. It. I'll keep you posted. Okay, fine. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah.